Take your Bibles, if you would. Turn to Proverbs 31. I've never preached this passage before in my life. This will be the first time. Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31. It's the climax of Proverbs. Proverbs begins and ends with this very large bracket and telling you about wisdom at its core is founded on the fear of the Lord. It says as such in chapter 1 and verse 7 that it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's chapter 1 verse 7. And it ends with also making a statement about the fear of the Lord but in a person's life. Because it's not just something abstract, it's concrete, it's real, it's an everyday living concept. Verse 30 says, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, empty. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now that's important, isn't it? Because I want you to read everything in these 22 verses tonight in light of that. Um, please don't forget, it's simple to think so, but Proverbs was written by men. So we're talking about a woman who fears the Lord, but this wasn't written by a woman. It was written by a man. And it's an ode to the woman that is the composite model of all the things that have been taught in Proverbs. She has it all. Um, you know we've touched on it and, and alluded to it numerous times throughout this study about the women in Proverbs. You know, there's the woman, woman wisdom, and she's presented in multiple places, chapters 8 and 9 chiefly. But then there's also woman folly, and there's the immoral woman, there's the seductress woman. I mean, there's all kinds of women, some bad and some good. And Proverbs is written to my son because... It's a, it's a guide, it's a handbook for men about how to be wise in their life, but not just men, all people. And so it's good for us, isn't it, to understand the wisdom that climaxes in this person. What's interesting, and you may not be able to denote it in much, a couple of things. Let me just tell you that you might not be familiar with this passage. I don't hear it very often when it's spoke on is that every verb, and there's a verb in every one of these verses that says, because this is a woman of action, but I don't want you to think for a moment that she is all about a list of do's and don'ts. This is not a passage where you look at it, especially if you're a woman, and think, wow, I'm not as industrious as she is, and boy, she's really creative, and she kind of buys real estate, and she's really good in the marketplace, and I'm telling you, she can do this. I mean, if you do that, you're going to be very depressed, because this woman's got it all, And mostly you're going to think, I don't, at least in a number of areas. This is not a bunch of character traits you're supposed to try to tack on to the outside of your life. This is the fruit of a lifetime of someone who fears God. And what you can't see in the English is every single verb in these 22 verses is in the past tense. You say, whoopee-doo. Let me tell you what it means. It means that you're looking at a person's life who's achieved all of these things over many, many years. 
looking back on her life, this is the person that she has become. So if you want to be like this woman, whether you're a woman or a man, right? This is the, kind of, can I say, the compendium of a lifetime? This isn't something that you get in a few weeks' time or because you go to a Proverbs 31 uh, website or a book or a seminar. You may get helpful hints and things, but this is something that you work on that takes place over a process of your whole lifetime. This is what... Being in the fear of the Lord will help you to become always getting better, always sharpening these traits and characteristics in your life. So don't be overly discouraged if you say, wow, I'm almost 25 and I don't have a lot of these things. You may be 55 and still be working on a number of these things. And I'll say this, you'll be 75 and you'll still be working on these things. Because it's the change that it makes over a lifetime. I don't know if you know it as well, but these 22 verses are just like Psalm 119. Did you know how many sections of eight verses there are in Psalm 119? There's 22. Does anyone know why? Why 22 sections of eight? Yes, the Hebrew alphabet has no vowels. Only 22 consonants. All the vowels are breathed. They're called gutturals. So you don't have, they're not written. You can't see them. They, now, they, in, the, in our modern Hebrew that we look at, because we have to have them because we're English, <laughs> Americans. So they put vowel pointings in there, but they were never in the original. You would just look at the word. If you were a Hebrew person, you would know how to say it because you would speak it. And that's why they're they like, Gut, they, they come from your throat. You would say it a certain way by the inflections of how your throat and stuff. That's how you'd know the difference between those words. It, it's actually pretty complicated if you, in the original. Um, because in Hebrew, you read right to left. And every verb or every, is based on a three-letter structure added to things in the beginning and the end of it to tell you the difference. And when Jesus says in Matthew... Every jot and tittle will come to pass. A jot and a tittle. A tittle was literally the end of a stroke on the top of a letter where it flicked up and went the opposite direction. And if you weren't really careful, you would miss it. But that difference in that little stroke would change the whole meaning of a word that looked just like it exactly except for that little line. And that's how exact the word of God is. But those things are all spoken things. And this passage... Every verb, all 22 of them, each one, verse 10, is aleph, an A, and then bait, and, and on down, all the way down, all 22. So what this is, is a poem. This is a poem, and as I said to you, it's an ode. It's, it's a man who seemingly has had a wonderful experience in being married to a woman of this sort, and giving her all kinds of... Of praise. So, this is a good thing for all of us to aspire to. But let me ask you the question what kind of woman is she? We, there are lots of people, and you can read commentaries and books, and obviously, tonight, in the amount of time I have left, there's no way I'm going to exposit to you 31 or 22 verses and tell you what every verb and everything she's like. It's just not going to happen. But let me give you an overview and with some major emphasis about what I think will be helpful to us 
as men and women both tonight. Um, it starts out in, actually in verse 10 and also at the very end in verse 29. Again, within our text, there's a little bracket. And here's what it says about her. An excellent wife. See that? That's ESV. Um, other ones have said different translations. Uh, one, I think, I'm not sure if it's the NIV, is a woman of valor. Um, some call her a noble woman. Um, it's the same word used at the end of the poem in verse 29 where it says, many women have done, see it, excellently. In other words, there's a lot of women who have these noble qualities. There's a lot of women who uh, have great things about them. But this woman, notice what it says, surpasses them all. There's something about her and the excellence that she has that is very different than everybody else. In fact, the same superlative type language is used in the first use of excellence in verse 10, where it says, here's what she is. She is far more precious than jewels. And you know if you've read Proverbs that the writer tries to tell you how valuable wisdom is, and what does he say? Well, it's better than rubies and diamonds and all the things, chapter 8, that you can compare, cannot compare to her. And so they try to say, hey, you think about the most you know, wealthy, richest thing you can think of, some diamond, and how much money it would be. Well, that's a drop in the bucket compared to how precious and valuable this So what he's trying to say is, see, what I'm telling you, this kind of person, this kind of woman, she is worth it. I mean, her value is incredible, right? So what kind of woman is she? Well, she's rare because it says she's more precious than jewels. And then it says this rhetorical, who can find it? I mean, she's not common. This isn't even amongst God's people, someone who has this kind of life. So you look at the whole thing, and by the time you're done reading it, you're saying, yeah, excellence is a good word for it. And let me tell you about that word a little bit. The word excellent is a Hebrew word that's translated, I said, noble, royal, but most often valiant or valor. It can be used of a royal person like who's in the royal line of a kingship or something. It can be used of a wealthy landowner. But you know what the vast majority of uses of this word are? In fact, 242 times in the Old Testament, this word describes a soldier in the military. Strange, isn't it? In fact, you know, maybe you remember this one. Judges 6.12, remember when Gideon was... And, you know, doing in the, he was doing the wine press. He was hiding out, and he was doing all that work so he could eat his own food, and they wouldn't come and steal it. And, and the angel of the Lord comes and appears to him when he's hiding from the enemy, and he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's probably laughing at that one. But it's Gabor. It means you strong man of courage, valiant soldier. So Here's what this, the Bible says. What is the excellence? That there is a kind of strength in this woman. There is something that makes her strong, somewhat like a military soldier. So I put it as, and, and I'm going to show you why, as I'm understanding this text, I'm going to frame it as, here's a woman who goes to battle in everyday life. And here's what she's fighting for. 
three things, and I'm going to come back to them, so hold on. More than three, but t- these are the categories, it, and it says it three times or more each. She's fighting for her husband, she's fighting for her household, and she's fighting with her hands. Those are the three things that are really emphasized, and a lot of things come out of those categories. But this is a woman who is everything I'm telling you about. She fears the Lord. That is the basis of everything. She is this mighty woman who is strong in all kinds of different ways. Ways that can be compared to someone who's strong in the military. And the way she fights. But listen, all of this, listen to this, is in the context of family and community. And she's good with that. Now compare that with women today who feel that their strength is an independent strength. But this is not a woman like that. This is a woman that is not competing with her husband over who is stronger and who is better and wiser and makes more money. This isn't this woman. This is not a woman who has an identity crisis concerning sexual politics who has to prove that she's ever good, bet as good as a man in the workplace, and she can have this position, and she can do this, and she, this, isn't, this, this is not the kind of strength that she has. This is a kind of woman who, in everyday battle, has a different kind of strength. She has a strength that allows herself, and read the text for yourself. I read it numerous times this week. She allows herself to always be giving herself away and what I term a wholehearted selflessness. That's what she is like. The fear of the Lord produces in her a wholehearted selflessness that takes over and shapes, forms, and molds every area of her life. I mean, literally, not lying to you, from the time that she gets up and it says early in the morning till she goes to bed and loses sleep late at night. (laughs) This woman is completely saturated in the fear of God. And the way that she loves him and worships him and adores him is becomes obvious. Two times in the text, you'll see it for yourself, it says that her husband and then everyone else in the community gives her praise and adoration in the gates. But she doesn't, She leaves her house, she does things, but she's never doing it to gain attention, but attention is given to her. You know why? Because she is rare. She's kind of the woman that every guy wishes he was married to. That's who she is. And she gets it by putting all of her effort and love and time and energy into her family and into the community in which she lives. Have you ever heard someone say that you can fake it at work, but you can't fake it at home? You know, you can fool people at your job to have them think that you're all this and that. And even to some degree, you might be able to come to church and do the same. But I can tell you this. I've counseled too many people. You can't fake it at home. You can't. Because your wife or your husband, your kids, they know exactly who you really are. They see you too often. You can't hide it all. But you know where this woman excels? The very place where everyone falls apart in her own home. Her husband can't say enough about it. It's good. Everybody in the community thinks she's the greatest. It says her children rise up and call her blessed. 
I mean, everybody who knows her intimately, the people that know her the best, to see her 24-7 at her best and her worst, you know what? They can't say enough about her that's good. She's the real stuff. Compare that again and contrast that to the end where the women of today, it says in verse 30, and it has to be an offsetting comment, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Women today are marked by externalism. Whether you look good and you dress nice and you got the latest fashions and you're beautiful and everyone thinks you're all that and your personality and man, are you... See, but this woman is not that. It's not that she's ugly or doesn't care about fashion, isn't that? But that's not the main point of who she is. You know why? Because she fears the Lord. That's the acceptance that she craves. That's what she really wants the most. And so she's different. She's different, number one. Let me give you the last three. When it comes to her husband, her husband. Look at verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. And believe it or not, the word gain is the word for spoils in a war. See, she's strong, she's excellent, she's a woman of valor. All throughout the text, verse 17 and 25, talks about how strong she is. Let me tell you the, the translation of 3117. Literally in the Hebrew, it is, her loins are girded with strength. In the ESV, it says she dresses herself. But the idea is she picks up her long robes, and when you were going to fight a battle, you couldn't wear the long robes to your ankles because it would hinder you from movement if you needed to run or move quickly. So what people did, and, and soldiers actually had belts that were made for this, that you take it and bring it up, and you put the cloak under your belt in the front and back, and it would allow you to move. That's what soldiers did. Remember when the prodigal's dad ran for him? It was embarrassing and kind of shameful if you were wealthy in a community to run down the main street of town being a guy going like this, holding your pants and running down the road. But he didn't care because he loved his son. And all that went to... So, but see, here's a... Here, the Bible says this woman is like a soldier. She girds herself. She's got strength. Not like military people, but at, like military people. She has a strength that characterizes her life. Her arms are strong, and her strength is how she serves people and all those things she does with her strength and her arms at home. Verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing. It's all she's about. She has a unique strength that, com- listen, comes from the inside out. And then it says this in verse 27, Literally, in the Hebrew, it says she is a lookout post for her household. That's what it means. It's a, it's a soldier on the tower on the corner of a castle or a building or a, you know, a big city, looking out, watching for the enemy to come, and, and watching so that they can warn people that the fight is coming their way. That's who she is. She's always watching for her, her, her children and her family, taking care of them, watching. That's what she does. She's so strong. So strong in so many ways. Basically, this woman wisdom is a warrior of a different kind. The battle she fights every day. But she's not in competition with her husband. She's a partner with him. I don't know if you've ever done this before. I try to remind my wife, but she said, 
I must have been doing it with someone else because she didn't remember. But one time, I don't know who it was. It might, it might have been one of my guy, friends from college. I don't remember. But have you ever ridden a tandem bike? And I was in the back, and whoever it was else was in the front. And we were going down the road, and there was, there was a couple, three of us on three different tandems. And the one tandem said, we're going to make a turn. And the one tandem went to the right. The other tandem went to the left. And so you, you don't know that's coming. So I don't remember who it was, but in front of me, so the one in the front, you know you have, it's one bike with two handlebars, which is the biggest mistake ever. Right? And you're both pedaling. So this one goes to the right, this one goes to the left, and the guy in front of my tandem turns to this way. Well, I turn mine this way. Well, you know what happened. We went straight up the curb into the fire hydrant. And we didn't do very good at tandem. You know why? Because he wanted to go this way, I wanted to go that way. That's not this marriage. This marriage is not the husband has this and she wants to do this. No, that's not it. Is she strong? Yeah. Can she do a lot of things on her own? Yeah. She's smart. She's wise. She's, she's brilliant. But it's all for her husband and the community. That's where she, and she says, listen to that. She is the heart of her husband. He, he has no lack of anything. She, all the spoils of her battles are for him. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. And then it tells you some of the good things that she does for him. Also, she's the battle she fights and she wins. She's strong at home. Strong supporter of her husband. And that's what ought to draw men to her. You know, can I tell you this, guys? This is what you ought to go over with your sons. This is the kind of woman you want your son to marry. And let me tell you a little tidbit. Do you know in Jewish synagogues, women don't memorize this text. Men do. Did you know that? Women don't memorize Proverbs 31. Men do. You know why? This is what they want to help their wives to become. And this is what they want their sons to marry. They want them to have a woman like this. Not just a bunch of actions or even attitudes as much as she has all those good things. This is a woman who fears God. Everything stems from her relationship with him. So the first thing you can note about her is that she fears the Lord and it comes out in her relationship at home with her husband. Secondly is her household. Look at verse 15. Circle it. First, by the way, husband was verse 11, 23, and 28. All three of those talk about that relationship. We don't have time to do all of them. Household, verse 15, says, She rises while it is yet night, see, and provides food for her household. Verse 21 says it twice. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet, the best stuff. She's got the right clothes for the right things that are taking place, the weather and everything else. She's got the food that they need. She's always supplying everything that they're in need of. Verse 27 says that the third time, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This is not a lazy woman. She's not into soap operas. She's not doing all that stuff. 
She's not sitting around reading magazines all day. She's industrious. She's busy. You know why? Because God and others are her orientation. Her family and her children come first. That's who this woman is. And lastly, can I say it to you? Her hands. Her hands. Verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's not forced. She's not coerced. Verse 19 says, she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. It's making, in other words, she makes her own clothes. Those were two tools that were used together to spin things, wool and all this, to make the clothes. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. So watch, watch the overall part. See, watch. She loves her husband, first circle. She goes a little wider. She loves her household, her children, everyone that's there. One more circle. She loves people in her community, including the poor and needy. See what happens when first things are first and you have a well-ordered love? She loves God. She fears him. And everything comes from that. She loves God. She loves her husband getting bigger, her influence. She loves her household. She loves her community, including the poor and needy. This is a woman who has time, makes time for people. This is who she is. And at the end of the whole thing, based on even far more than I was able to present to you briefly tonight, here's what the Bible says, another trilogy of words that are the same. Look at verse 28, 29, 30, and 31. Three times in these last verses, Here's what your response should be. Here's what the husband's response should be. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, here's the first, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently. She is superior. She surpasses all of them. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord second time is to be praised. Give of her Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works third time. Praise her in the gates. See, this is a woman whose aim in life is not status, not position, not money and wealth, not the accolades of others who think, this is, wow, she's so beautiful. No, you know what she's after? The praise of the people that matter the most. The most. That's the only one she's out to impress. It's a completely different kind of woman, isn't it? And that's why verse 26 calls her wise. You can hear it in her speech, in her tongue. She has a wisdom that comes directly from the fear of God, and it changes absolutely everything in her life. And then if you have a woman like this, and you're the husband, you know what the Bible says? You should praise her. In other words, her husband is not this negative guy who's always putting her down and finding the faults and the things that she's not as good at and making her feel belittled. And now this is a guy who's constantly building her up, thinking about, wow, this woman is awesome. I gotta tell her more about how awesome she is. So what better way to, to end our night is for you guys to say something about your wife, right? How awesome she is, right? So honey, I'm gonna start with you. Lasagna tonight was awesome. <laughs> Your cookies, <laughs> love you there too. No, my wife is fantastic and 
And I, tell, I try to tell her, and I told her before the service, so I wouldn't have to say too much in the service tonight. But if you have a woman, and, and I'll say this nicely, um, it's, what does it say? She's hard to find. They're not always out there, but God has given me a great wife, a blessing. He who finds a good wife, Psalm says, has found favor of the Lord. And I have. I have. Who's next? Dennis. Oh, microphone. Sam's right behind you. You got to your head. I said, yeah, Sue's like that too. Tell me something specifically. She, she's many of these things, and, you know, when you're talking about she works with her hands, I looked over and I said, metals. I mean, we're like, we're in a busy season right now. She's done thousands of metals. Just, she's work, works, works. Industrious you know? with you. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's up early and she's up late. She just makes supper and does all of that, but yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the business without her. Amen. I wouldn't. I know. It's great, isn't it, when your wife is beautiful on the outside and, and beautiful on the inside. All the qualities. Fantastic. Someone else. It's your chance, guys. <laughs> your wife doesn't have to be here either. But yes, go ahead, Juan. <laughs> no, I, I'll say thank you. Thank you because... You are my wife, and I love you so much. And I think we got a really good things this year, and we are ready to go to Colombia because you work hard with me. And I appreciate all your love for our daughters and your passion for the Lord and all the blessings that you are for me. Amen. James? So, so when I read this passage, I, I could have sworn they were describing my wife. I mean, it was so on point. Um, the truth is, um, she is so good at the things that she does. Um, and I'm thinking specifically the way she is patient with our children and, and takes such good care of them. Mm. Like, I love to take time off vacation and whatnot, but... If I were to take a week off from work, after the first three days, I've, I've just about had it. I want to go back to work. But, but she, she is constantly patient, and mm. she's there for them. And, and I just give her credit for just being yeah. able to do the things that I cannot do, even <laughs> if I were paid to stay home. And the first three days, I'm having a ball. But then after that, I, I, I start aching. I want to get back <laughs> to work. So thank you, honey. Amen. Amen. Heart trust in her. It's good to trust your wife. I trust my wife in everything. Kevin? I just thank God for her heart for ministry. Uh, if it wasn't for Tareen, there's a lot of things that would not get done uh, with Awana, Vacation Bible School, and whatever else. And she is the, the, the brains behind it. I just look good up front. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go along with the upfront part. 
<laughs> Ed, I think. Hello, everyone. Uh, Kathy Joe is uh, the most amazing woman ever. Um, I fell in love with her, uh, and I remember reading her this passage and telling her that, you know, you're this woman, man. And um, I just, um, the way she lived her life before we met, the things, the struggles she went through, um, and how she continued to uh, raise her girls, uh, you know, through the cancer, through the death of her husband, and um, the struggles that she and she maintained through all that, going to school, finishing her doctorate, and um, maintaining her job. Uh, you know, she's uh, intelligent, uh, you know, beautiful inside and out, and uh, I just uh, am amazed that God uh, blessed me with this wonderful woman. Amen. Amen. Could we do this? Could we just on three, I don't want this to be too cheesy, but I'll say one, two, three, and we'll just have all the guys after, who's over there? Phil, you're newly married. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Say, barely married. <laughs> so I've got a little over a week's worth of experience, but it's <laughs> already plenty. And... Um, I mean, there's there's been so many things in our relationship, uh, even before the wedding, but even just in the during the honeymoon week that we recently came back from, just her organization and and everything was always blowing me away. Just having all the papers ready and and being there helping me to do everything and um, like organizing the apartment and everything. Her productivity has always been um, just amazing and. Mm. Uh, this this passage was definitely something that I always looked to when looking for a wife, and I know that I have found it in Kalisa. So. Amen. Amen. We're just going to say, all, 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 only men. Now, you've got to get about five more years at least in there, man. We're gonna, one, two, three, uh, men, we're going to say just praise the Lord because it says a woman who fears the Lord, she should be praised. Amen? So let's, let's just praise the Lord together. One, two, three. Praise, praise the, Lord. the Lord. Amen? Amen. Ladies, we thank you. We do. We love you. And we're so grateful that you're in our lives. Would you stand with me? We're going to close in prayer. Father, thank you that we have found favor in your sight. Truthfully, for many of us, we don't deserve the wives that we have. We're blessed. Help us in small ways and big ways and many days. May we let our wives know that we want to praise her for all that you have built into their lives because they fear you. But even that is from you. Ultimately, the praise and honor and glory goes to you, Lord. You are the one God who puts that fear in our hearts. And we're so thankful. May, as husbands and wives, we continue to work together in so many different ways, in businesses, in raising our children, being impacting on the community, giving 
with our hands to the needy around us, doing ministry as husband and wife in church. We're blessed. We're blessed. Thank you. May it only continue and increase in our church for your glory. Well, thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.